Good morning and welcome to Friday morning, November the 11th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we come to the end of year C, proper week 28, which is the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Friday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the gospel passage, which comes to the, us from this week from the Rise Common Lectionary in this week of the church's calendar year. So we find ourselves once again back in the gospel, Luke, going further and further into that story. This uh, Today, for this week, Luke chapter 21, verses 5 through 19. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Luke chapter 21, verses 5 through 19. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, As for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen and what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, Watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name claiming, I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines and pestilences in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison. And you'll be brought before kings and governors, and all on account of my name. And so you will be the test, and so you will bear testimony to me. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will be, how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You'll be betrayed by even by parents, brothers, and sisters, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm, and you will win life. This is the word of God for us. Yeah, so this passage is one that um, it just takes so much to weed through, and it's important that we have it, and it's important that we treat this. A section with care. It's just worth noting that both Matthew and Mark also have uh, this discourse towards the end of Jesus's ministry career, um, and they have different things about them. If we compare them side by side, some differences are there. For instance, uh, Mark has this happening, this this conversation happening in the Mount of Olives area, but so Luke has it here in the temple, and so we have to ask questions around. Okay, why is the setting different? But I think some of the the questions that I don't know, float around in my mind. Maybe it's in yours. Maybe it's in groups when you've talked about this. But uh, why, you know, what is Jesus talking about? Is he talking about something that has yet to happen? Is he talking about something that's happened, you know, shortly after this occurrence? And the gospel writers, reach, you know, retaining the teaching ministry of Jesus include it still. Uh, but because we want to apply the Bible to our lives, we 
feed it forward to an even like further day, you know, an advanced day in the future. And so what is going on here? Well, it does seem like uh, that Jesus has two timelines in mind towards the end of his time here. I think he understands the gravity of his current moment and future days. Um, There's no doubt that Jesus knew that the way in which Israel conducted themselves was going to be problematic for their near future with Rome. Um, There was a a fervency. Uh, We know that shortly after, maybe just a half of a generation or full generation after the crucifixion resurrection, there is like an established zealot party among the Jews that their whole um, occupation was to try to use violence and assassinations and different coups and plots uh, to try to destable Rome's presence um, in Palestine, which ultimately brought the whole might of Rome AD 66 to 70 that led to the Great Jewish War. And that kind of roistered on until uh, 120s, 130s AD, when um, finally uh, the Roman Empire uh, smashes Israel and Judaism becomes rabbinical and becomes mobile, right? Where they're not uh, centered around a temple any longer. And so you can get the full history of that um, by doing some inquiries and searches and some big books that are on the shelves, right? So Jesus is aware something is going on in his zip code um, and it's going to happen soon right and so other when you compare this discourse um, in the other gospels he talks about how something swiftly is going to happen where two people can be working in the fields one can be taken away and sometimes people interpret that as um, sort of sort of a rapture event i mean if you read it that way that's up to you uh, but it doesn't seem to be what's on top of mind for Jesus. But Jesus also seems to be preparing his disciples for future days. Uh, he's gonna, he knows he's going to be taken from them. He's going to be with them, but his, his appearing is not going to be with them. And so they're going to be on their own in front of governors and kings. And they're going to have to give an account. And it seems like they're going to be between a rock and a hard place during this thing that Jesus is preparing them for. Because on the one hand, people are going to be imposters. Of Jesus. They're going to claim, as uh, Luke mentions here, that uh, they're Jesus. And so there's going to be something about like Jesus' movement that's going to endure. Like it's not going to be something that people are going to avoid totally uh, because uh, Jesus had success in Galilee. And so people are going to try to mimic his way in order to gain their own following. And so Jesus says, on the one hand, you need to avoid those imposters. Don't rally around them. Be discerning. And know the truth so you don't rally around some of these blind guides. He's like, on the other hand, there's going to be hardships because of your commitment to me. Um, there's going to be a great resistance against this way. And so you're going to be between a rock and a hard place. And that might be the political posture for Christians since the days of Jesus up until now. Uh, it doesn't seem to be uh, the plan of God totally for the church to get cozy with any regime or with any nation state. Uh, but the body of Christ is always going to be transnational. It's going to be international. And we're going to have an affinity for the body of Christ globally as we connect with the body of Christ locally. And so we're going to find ourselves between a rock and a hard place. And it's going to test our allegiances. Okay. So for instance, uh, perhaps the fastest growing edge of the evangelical church, for those who are evangelical on uh, listening to the podcast, that you don't have to be, uh, but just for an example, Uh, One of the growing edges of the evangelical church is in Iran, and uh, it's growing, it's flourishing. Um, And people who are in missions work there, they can tell you stories and they can uh, share with you how the church is growing. But as an American, we also know that um, 
obviously we're in quite a tension with Iran and um, there's a sense where maybe there's going to be some sort of a military uh, opposition with them. And so doesn't that put a Christian American between a rock and a hard place, right? Like if we are in favor of some sort of military conflict with Iran, it's going to put our Christian brothers and sisters in harm's way. And so what do we do there? We're going to be between a rock and a hard place. We're not just going to nod our heads along to what the nation state or even our political party wants to do. Like we have to be discerning and we're going to have to figure out, thread the needle. How can I be a Christian whose main allegiance is to Jesus as I deal with what's happening in the zip code? And so Jesus is trying to deal with this. Like on the one hand, he's like, it is hard that our brothers and sisters among the Jewish people are being harshly treated by the Romans. Like this is wrong. But what's also wrong is this uprising militarily, this violence that that they're going to try to enact against the Roman Empire. It's only going to lead um, to the dismay and to the harm of many of our innocent bystander brothers and sisters in the Jewish community. And so Jesus says, like, you're just going to have to walk in faithfulness. You're going to be walking uh, in sometimes uncertain times. Uh, You're going to be looking through a glass dimly in some of these matters. And so but you're not going to be alone though. Jesus says, I'm going to give you the words. I'm going to give you the wisdom. I'm going to be able to give you the stout intellect and the bold, courageous souls for these chaotic times. And so I don't know about you, but like, we're not totally in these times that Jesus is articulating here. Like that would be foolish to say we're experiencing exactly what Jesus is predicting. We're not, but I think you and I would agree that being a Christian in this era, like in other eras of church history, is a challenge. What do we do? How do we go forward? How do we together go forward, unified as a body of Christ, to have our allegiance to Jesus, but also to be like wide-eyed about what's going on in our zip code? Well, just like what Jesus told his disciples on this day, he's going to be with us. Um, he's going to have. He wants us to resist um, those who try to come in his name and truly, truly are not uh, part of his business. And he wants us to be prepared that. Um, allegiance to him might bring um, some sort of a distance between us and what is even popular out there. And so in those moments when we feel faint, he will give us the wisdom. He will give us the courage in that moment. And so I don't know about you, but I don't know if I need that courage in a big dose today. I don't find myself um, with some of this opposition nipping at my heels, but maybe you do. Maybe it's in your workplace or in your family system. You got like some tension going on because of your faith. I don't know if I necessarily do. So I just want to offer a prayer for any of us that we'll have the courage to have an allegiance to Jesus and to wait upon him to guide us through these turbulent times. So with all those things in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we rejoice in who you are and we thank you that you govern over the world, you govern through time, that you are taking all things, all micro stories of human lives, Uh, stories of villages and communities and people groups and nations and you're putting it within the tapestry of your great story that's unfolding we think that you love the world so you're invested in it you're not just going to leave it to unwind um, and to fall apart but you have lowered yourself to redeem it from its mess and we think that that started with sending your son to die for us uh, to show us a better way to teach us to give us all wisdom and hope to die on a sinner's cross and to scoop us into the family of God because of the forgiveness of our sins. And we thank you that you continue to reach the world in its mess through individual lives. And so we thank you today as we attend to you, attend to the 
scriptures and allow our souls to rise to meet you, that we hear great comfort in these words today. Um, We know that even though we aren't able to exactly define and sketch out how the unworking of the world and your plan is going to happen, we thank you that you promise to be with us. You encourage us to use great discernment, not just to follow after anyone who says a couple of the right things, but to be discerning within our hearts about what is the true way. We also thank you that we don't have to go along with the stream of those who won't follow you and who won't honor your ways, but we can stand apart from it. And as we do so, and as we're exposed, you're going to be with us and give us wisdom. So God, we pray for parts of the world today that uh, where it is hazardous to be Christian. Um, individuals and families and groups um, are under a microscope because of their faith, which is contrary to the governing uh, presence of the world. And so we pray that you strengthen the church today and give them safety. God, we pray for those of us uh, where religion is free in this part of the world and we still feel a pressure. I pray that um, that we would find grace and strength in the midst of that pressure uh, to bear witness to Jesus so that other lives can hear this good story and they can put their hope within your salvation. So God, be with us this day. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.